Thank you, Lord. All right, fam. Are we ready? Have we been together long enough for you to know what time it is? <laughs> I think we've been I think we've been on this ride long enough for us to know what's what's happening now, unless I throw a curve, which I'm not today. But get ready to uh to dive right into it. Um last week, how many how many were blessed by uh by by last week? Did it did it help? Did it did it give give insight? Good, good, good. Having a hard time remembering what I called it, honestly. <laughs> but um, I do, I do remember uh, conduct of fullness. Yes, thank you, thank you. Yes, conduct of fullness. And um, if you if you caught the replay, we we dove into it a little bit deeper, and and the Lord really began to open up a, a bigger, excuse me, open up a bigger space. Uh, with with that thought, so um, we're actually about to walk in for the for the next uh, couple weeks, few weeks. Uh, a series we're calling "Walking in Fullness." Walking in fullness, and this this is being birthed out of the the thought that we just came out of Deuteronomy eight, where the warning was being given by the by the Lord through Moses that. When you come into fullness and, pros- and prosper, okay, it said when, when you're full and prosperous, when you've built fine homes, when you got all this stuff multiplying around you so fast that you don't know what to do with it, when your life hits that point, not if your life hits that point, when your life hits that point, there is a danger that you have to be aware of, and it is forgetfulness. It's forgetfulness in me not recognizing how I got to this point. Because then I will get full of myself. And and there's so many people that would try and challenge it. But it's human nature. It's human nature for me to devote credit to myself if I don't build the muscle of remembering his goodness. I, in some shape, way, or fashion, will give the credit to myself. And in verse 17 of Deuteronomy 8, he said that God brought you through all he brought you through. He brought you through the wilderness, took care of your feet, rescued you. He did all of those things so you would not say to yourself, I have gotten this wealth by the strength of my hand. I've gotten it by the strength of my hand. So if God is saying that when you come into this level of fullness, when you come into it, I got you on a training program right now. I got you on a treadmill right now. I got you in this space to where I am I am uh, uh, building you up in areas that you need to be built up in so that you can handle fullness. Because what you did back then will not be able to sustain you in fullness. How you behaved, how you thought, how you got by in bondage is not going to sustain you in fullness and prosperity. So we got to talk about some things. Hence where we're going with walking in fullness. If God is taking us into fullness, God is taking us into this plenty. God is taking us into this prosperity. God is taking us into the... First of all, one of the things that we're going to have to do is take the definition of fullness and prosperity off of finances exclusively. Mm-hmm. We we gotta we gotta take that off. That one has a great impact on us, yes, but that is not the totality of fullness and prosperity. And if I'm and if I think in terms of fullness and prosperity as only money, bank accounts, increasing my paycheck, business opening up, and it's only fiduciary, it's only money then there, there is an entire aspect of God and fullness and prosperity that I'll miss because what good is it having an, a full bank account if I don't have the health and energy to sustain me? I can't get out of bed. I'm tired all the time. What good is a full bank account then? What good is a full bank account but I'm mean as a snake and nobody likes me? I have no healthy relationships. I have no one that I have a true, genuine connection with in life because I'm so mean and hateful. What, what good is a full bank account and I can't think clearly? 
because so much depression and anxiety tries to arrest my soul and arrest my heart to where I'm fearful of stuff that ain't even real. See, so that their, their, their uh, prosperity and fullness is multifaceted. It's multifaceted. And, they, and when God was telling them that they're coming into fullness and prosperity, he meant the whole package. I'm bringing you into something that's full. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that more full, more abundant to the max. I'm going to take that one and I'm going to get, get gain a sense of, of fullness on it. That one that you think might not have a whole lot to it. Watch me. Watch me when I touch it. Watch how amped and how full it gets. So I'm just trying to whet your appetite a little bit about, about where we're going with this. Because I mean, how many believe there's a fullness that God, that God has called you to, to be in? There's a fullness. There's a fullness that we're supposed to have. There's a fullness that we're supposed to walk in. And if we're supposed to walk in it, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it and we need to get these principles and get what God has said in his word concerning what it is to walk in fullness and have the conduct of fullness. So uh, where we're going to go today, uh, you, you might have read it. It was actually this week my first time reading this book in its entirety. We're going to the book of Esther. Going to the book of Esther. That is, uh, if you don't know, it's in the Old Testament. It's right before Job, I believe it is. But I think most of y'all look at your phones anyway, so you version will just show you where where is that, and you're good. So, <laughs> so Esther, uh, Esther chapter two. We're going to start in uh, verse seven. Esther chapter two, and verse seven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Esther chapter 2 and verse 7. I will be uh, in New King James. I think I got one Passion Translation scripture, but New King James for the most part. But let's, let's pray. Father, come before you, honoring you, honoring your presence, thanking you for your goodness, thanking you for this time that we've had in your presence thus far. I feel the joy. In the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. At his right hand, the pleasures forevermore. I thank you that there's a joy a portion of joy that was able to be digested into every heart. Anyone that walked in sad, anyone that walked in heavy, anyone that walked in empty, I think that there was a portion for them to be able to take and make a great exchange. And I pray, God, that we would not walk out the same way that we came in. So if there's anyone that has not made that exchange yet, may they be able to find safety, find comfort to make that exchange but thank you Lord of this time that we have in your word thank you Father there's a transformation that's about to take place and we'll see if I can get some more agreement with that there's a transformation that is about to take place in our life because we are about to be instructed our hearts are about to receive more to have inside of it our hearts are about to receive your word and I thank you God for the fullness of your word that is about to be imparted into us. Holy Spirit, we call upon you. We lean upon you. We depend upon you. We call on your name. We make space and make room for you. Teach us. Challenge us. Instruct us. Challenge us. Correct us. Inspire us. Motivate us for what it is that we are about to learn, God. And may every person, every person, whether they're listening now or they listen later, or they're listening, uh, watching with us. May they be strengthened, impacted, and forever changed, and their trajectory move toward the plan and purpose of God on their life. Everyone walking away stronger, including the one holding the microphone. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. 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 Let us do some work. Esther chapter 2, verse 7, we're going to read to, to, verse, to verse 12. Verse 7 reads, And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. A little bit of context. 
Um, the king, uh, his name is Xerxes at this time. He had a wife named Vash, uh, Vashti, Vashti, however you pronounce it. She um, had an order given to her, and it's just a brief, uh, brief synopsis. You can go and read it in your own time. But uh, she had a uh, command given to her from the king to come into his presence when the king was throwing a party. The king was throwing a party, and um, historical context leads us to believe that he got a little uh, beside himself, if you will. He, he uh, took one too many throwbacks, and he's drunk. So he's drunk. He calls in his wife to basically, uh, uh, Vashti, he calls in his wife to come in and give a little entertainment for uh, the guests and whatnot, to which she said no. When she said no, um, the, the king's uh, surrounding party, his, his advisors, said to him, if she said no to you, what is that going to say to all the women of the land, that they can say no to their husband? So if you don't handle this, then you're going to have an outbreak of all kind of chaos in the kingdom. So here's what you do, king. You put her away and you get a new wife. So that's what, what happened and transpired in chapter 1. Chapter 2 is uh, leading us into the, the preceding verses from what I read. talks about uh, the process of them selecting young women from the various provinces. He had 127 provinces, I think, under his uh, rulership. So they're choosing women from these provinces. Esther is one of those women because she is being led and guided by the advisory uh, hand of her uncle, Mordecai. And that's, that's, where, that's where we're at now. So chapter 2, verse 8 reads that, So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Haggai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, that is uh, Esther, and she obtained his favor, and so, she, so he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. So she got extra. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Esther had not revealed her people or family, so she did not reveal uh, the fact that she was a Jew. For Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every day Mordecai paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. This is where I want us to rest. Verse 12. Each young woman's turn came to go in to king, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce that A word, but I do know it's Xerxes. That's, that's who that king is. So King Xerxes, after she had completed 12 months preparation, according to the regulations for the women, for thus were the days of their preparation appointed. Here we go. Six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. So, so we got this decree that's going out. He's looking for a new wife. They select these young women who now are coming from their ordinary lives into the king's palace, but they don't get to come straight into the presence of the king. They first have to go through a transformation or go through regulations to get them set and get them prepared for where it was that they were going. They could not take what was on their feet and the dust and dirt from their dresses of yesterday and feel like because they came from that and because I got selected, I must now be ready to be ushered right into destiny and ushered right into where it was that I was going. They had to have something in between that had that put regulations on them, that put a squeeze on them, that's, that could see if they could fit the mold of where it was that they were going. And I say that to us because as we're beginning this journey in this series, we got to understand that just because I've been called to walk in fullness now, I have the calling and hold it right now. But it does not mean that right now I'm prepared to hold that. Amen. 
it doesn't mean that I'm prepared to hold that right now. There are regulations that I got to have on me. There's a code of conduct that comes with this. There, there, is, there is a way. God is, God is opening even right now for me and Pastor Ashley in a real sense relationships with people in, in high places. I just, I just did a, a, a speech, a, a summit, if you will, for uh, the Rotary Club in Myrtle Beach. I was in the room with millionaires. I was in the room with doctors who, who stood up and gave the announcement that he just sold his practice. And I'm pretty sure he didn't sell it for a couple hundred dollars. Because there's, there, is, there, is a diff, there is a different aura, there's a different conduct that comes when God elevates and God moves you into, into a different space. We're being moved into, into spaces where we're, we're looking at people who, who are great influencers in, in the city and great influencers in their, in their spaces and in their, respect, in their respective places. So, so one, so that uh, there, there's an introduction that we can have, and also two, so that we can see that what we as a ministry can do to impact where we are in, in a greater way, but two, in a real sense, it is God saying to us that things you got to adjust. There's things, there's, things that you, there's things that you got to change. Yes, in your personal time and in your personal comfort, you've got your things that you like. You got, you got your house coach. You got what you like to do after church and all of that. I'm not saying necessarily change all that unless by where the Holy Spirit is revealed to you that there are things that you need to do with that. But what I'm saying is there is a preparation time Amen. for obtaining the promise that if I don't submit to, I will lock myself out of it. I'll lock myself out of it. It's not God being mean. It's not the devil. It's not haters and whatever else might be thrown out there that it might be. It's my lack of obedience. It's my lack of obedience. And these girls have been told that, all right, you're the one that's selected from this province. You're the one that's selected from this province. You're the one that's selected to this province. They were given to, to the command of a eunuch. I'm not sure of his name, but what they did, so they came from the provinces to that eunuch who held them in a specific spot of, of the king's courts. You're not allowed to go out of this area for this time. So you're here, but I need you within this, within this uh, uh, frame. I need you within this sphere. I'm going to hold you right here as we train you for what it, how it is to be royalty. We're going to train you in that. We're going to give you the regulations and the decrees of the do's and don'ts. There's certain things that you do not do at the king's table. And if you do, you're out. Because as, as we are, the verses past verse 12, there was actually some of them that the king saw and never asked for them again. Some of them came into his presence, and when they left, goodbye. You won't be back. But then there's something about Esther, and when she came into it, as, as the story tells, she was the one that ended up being selected and becoming queen. But something that everybody had to go through was they had to have the regulations for the women, and thus the days of the preparation were apportioned. They had to go through six months in myrrh and six months in perfumes six months in the oil of myrrh so I did, did a little did a little research with that and those those two uh, baths if you will when they sat down in the myrrh the myrrh was designed to make their skin soft and smooth and bring up impurities Soft and smooth and bring up impurities. Now, here's what the word myrrh means. Bitter. 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 Give me, give me uh, Exodus, Exodus 30, Tristan. Let's look at somewhere else that, we, that, we've, that we've seen myrrh. Exodus 30. This is the, these are the ingredients. We're about to read the ingredients of the anointing oil. Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying... Also, take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 
Next verse, 500 shekels of cassia according to the shekel of the sanctuary and the hand of olive oil. I think you got one more verse. Yeah. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. So myrrh is in the mix of the anointing oil, and it is the first bat, the first bathing process, the first uh, anointing, if you will, that comes upon these girls to prepare them for where it is that they are going. So they have to be bathed and have to be touched and have to sit in bitter. They got to sit. And bitter. They got to sit in hard. They got to sit in rough. Now, it's not saying that the oil itself was rough and hard, but, but, but you, you understand what, what I'm saying from the meaning of it. Is that they, they have to sit in bitter. They have, to, they have to be able to have those times of life that hurt the most. And not smooth over them. But they had to have a time to where they soaked. Soaked in it. Thought about it. Looked at it for what it was. Didn't let it pass them by. Didn't just smooth over it. Didn't just say I'm good. Didn't just act like that didn't hurt them. Didn't act like that didn't bother them. They had to sit and soak in the oil of myrrh for six months. Six months. Not six minutes. Months. Months of being in bitter. Months of being in that space and in that place. And I'm I'm saying this to us because it is imperative that the bitter moments and bitter times of our life that we all have that we all gonna go through and that we're all gonna taste so long as we're here in the earth those bitter times that I look at them and I sit and I allow the voice of the Lord to guide me through those and be able to look at it from the perspective of yes it might have been bitter but there's something that I am supposed to get from this time oil of myrrh Six months inside of it. You're going you to stay here. If you abandon outside of the time frame, you're unfit for fullness. If you abandon this outside of the time that I have set for you to be in this, you are not fit to go before the king's presence. If I do not allow the times of bitterness for me to be able to sit and look at it for what it is, I will not be fit for where it is that I am going. I won't I won't be fit. I won't be fit for there, there is there's a pliability in an aspect of me that will not be fit or be able to be stretched enough to hold what to hold what it is that I need to hold because I did not sit in that time of of looking at those bitter moments. And, 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 and also, too, we can see that the bitter set their skin to be prepared for what was next, to be prepared. For what was coming. Because there there was a sweetness that was coming. There's a sweetness that's on the way. There's a sweetness that they had to come to. But I got to hit the bitter moment first. I got to hit that time to where I look at what has happened to me. I look at what's what's not happening. I'm looking at what it is that I might be angry at God about. I'm looking at all the different things I feel like might not be fair. All of those emotions and everything that's happening like that. I, I look at that. And I come to a place to where I recognize it for what it really is. It's amazing how we we as believers, we won't give ourselves the space and the place to actually have emotion. To actually have emotions that's really going on within us. And we will try try and uh, 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 surface over them with the scriptures. 
Not to say that we do not declare the promises of God in the face of adversity, but I, I recognize where it is that I really am. God's not into having me uh, not face reality. Because that, that, that will put me in a place to where I, I am almost mad-like. Because, because I'm, I'm trying to uh, hold on to, to this promise and I'm trying to do this and God said that and I'm, that's not happening in my life and this, that, and the third. And yes, I know we have our declarations and have those spaces, but you got to understand that God's fullness and God's promise being made manifest in my life is not going to come to pass because I said something. It's coming to pass because of his goodness toward me. Before I said something, he was already good. Before I said something, he was already in his mind set to put me in a good place. This is how, while I was yet a sinner, he died for me. I didn't, ha- I didn't have to declare or say anything for the death to already be given on my behalf. I was a sinner. When thinking about it, was the last thing on my mind. Yet I was the first thing on his. Come on. That's the first thing. I was the first thing on his. And and his goodness is 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 coming to me. What I say, what I say, something or not. And see, this 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 gets us away from being arrested. Where if I don't. Uh, say my morning declarations every morning and I don't say it the, uh, the specific way or say it in this specific sentence or say this specific scripture, then there's something that's missing out of me. That, that is an arresting that takes place of the heart that is not from the Lord because that gives an anxiety on us that God never meant for us to carry in half. And I'm arrested in my heart, can't even go through the day of the fullness of a rejoicing in the day that he gave me because I didn't declare over my children before they left my presence. That's a schizophrenic God that we do not serve. As there's a fullness that he is bringing us into already when you come into it. It's for you. It is yours. Yet at the same time, the regulations and things that he said that before you get there, And some things that throughout your life I'm taking you through. And the first thing is you got to sit in you got to sit in this myrrh. You got to sit in this myrrh. So two, when we when we read Exodus, uh, Exodus 30, as we saw the the uh, the myrrh is uh, the first ingredient in the anointing oil. Check that out. The first one. So the first one of the oil of that God would put upon people to represent the presence of the Holy Spirit, to represent the fullness of, of him being on someone. And Isaiah, give me Isaiah 10, 27. I think I put it in there. Let's look at this too. So we got, we got the anointing. We, we know about the anointing. We pray, we pray and believe in the anointing. We pray, we lay oil on people as representation of this scripture. And uh, verse 27 says, it shall come to pass in that day. This is Isaiah chapter 10. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Because of the anointing oil, there is a yoke and a bondage that is able to be completely destroyed off of our life, yet in the intricate ingredients of this anointing oil that holds this power is a sense of bitterness, is a sense of hardship, is a sense of difficulty, is a sense of things didn't go quite like I thought, things didn't go quite to plan, things didn't go in the way that I saw fit, yet that is just as much a part of the anointing being in the anointing coming and destroying things off of my life as it is sweet things coming into it too. I cannot have all good, all sweet, and then the time that bitter moments come into my life, me say that that's God abandoning me. Because we see that the first thing in the anointing oil is myrrh. 
is bitter, is hardship. But then we get to see too that next thing after that comes the cassia, comes the sugar cane, and comes literally twice as much sweet as there is bitter, showing me that if I can walk through the bitter and sit in the myrrh and be soaked in the myrrh long enough that there is twice as much of a sweet that I will be able to obtain of the from the bitter. Twice as much sweet than there was in bitter. Twice as much sweet than there was hardship that is available to me as I sit long enough within this myrrh time. Because God is not into the deal of just having me go through for the sake of going through. If I'm going through that, there is an instruction. If there's nothing else that's heard today, you've got to hear that if I'm going through, there is a sense of development. There is a sense of instruction. There is a sense of something that is being added to me from that time. Because it was twice as much of the sweet that was given as, as far as far as the myrrh in that anointing oil and then the anointing is able to destroy the yoke remove the burden destroy the yoke and remove the burden it is it destroys yokes and removes burdens because those yokes and burdens will try and fool me into thinking that they're here to stay and hang around but in my time of sitting and learning in myrrh I saw that as a burden and as a struggle and God dealt with that so how dare this 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 yoke this bondage try and fool me into thinking that it's going to be around and that it's here to stay it can't so so I'm sitting so I'm sitting in so sitting in the myrrh six months in the myrrh now we follow two from the six months of the perfumes and the preparations so Tristan go back to uh, Esther uh, chapter 2 verse 12 Let's look at it again. Esther chapter 2, verse 12. So we got it at the bottom. So we're six months in the oil of myrrh first. And then six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Six months of pre- perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Now, so the, so the myrrh ba- bathing brings up impurities brings up things that are keeping me from being soft and smooth. Because soft and smooth also is a representation of vulnerability. God puts me in that that oil of myrrh to bring me to a place of sensitivity and vulnerability before him. Because in my, as I think on the, the bitter and hard things that have happened, I have to be able to trust that the one that is guiding me in this journey is trustworthy to cast that onto. I'm not brought into the the time of myrrh for the sake of just soaking into it to where I feel sorry for myself. I'm brought into it so that all those impurities that are brought up to the surface that have kept me from being smooth, kept me from being vulnerable. Those impurities rise up on those ladies' skin so that the second bath of perfumes, of sweet-smelling things, is able to come and wash me, taking away all the impurities and then leaving me in a status to where I am not like I was before I went through. Because in walking in fullness, where I'm going is not where I've been. Therefore, who I was then, I cannot be when I reach the fullness. I cannot be when I reach the fullness. So, so So they got that, they got that second bath, the second bath of the perfumes and getting them beautified and turning and transforming them into who it is that they needed to be before ushering them into destiny, ushering them into the king's presence, cleaned off those impurities. And, and in other words, it got rid of the residue of where they had been. It got rid of the residue 
of where they've been. Because a lot of times I can come through something, but I still got residue. I still look like where I've been. I still look like what I've gone through. I'm Mephibosheth who's been brought out of Lodabar and my situation has been completely transformed to now where I'm no longer a dead dog begging, but now I'm at the king's table. But if you look under the table, I still got crippled feet. I still wear a sign of where, I, of where I've been. And where God is taking us and moving and operating in fullness we cannot look like where we've been. I can't look like where I've been. So he'll take me through, take me through a bitter moment, take me through a bitter time, frustrating moment. I really don't want to be here. This is not good. To highlight things in me that need to be addressed, highlight postures of my heart that's not right, highlight thought processes that's not good, that's not consistent with where it is that I'm going. Highlight those things. So that there's a sweet smelling goodness, a sweet perfume, a second bathing that is able to come and take care of that. Rid me of all those impurities and start to work me in a way and mold me in a way to where I'm fit for where it is that I am going. Because there's no residue that's supposed to be left on me. Give, give, me, uh, give, me, Philippians, give me Philippians 3, uh, Tristan. We, we tracking along? We good? Okay. Philippians 3, this uh 12 through 14, I believe. I'm going to read it uh, in the King James, as, uh, New King James, as well as the Passion Translation. So not that I've already attained. This is New King James. So Paul is saying, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of for me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Stay right, stay right there, Tristan. Uh, 13. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching those things which are ahead. I, when it comes to Forgetting. I, I, I want to make sure I, I, walk, I walk this out right. I don't want anybody walking away uh, confused. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. There is a sense of, for, of forgetting that I must move on once, once I have come out of the myrrh. Okay. There, 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 is, there is a sense of forgetting that has to take place when I walk out of the bitter. Because remember, I'm not supposed to stay in that bath forever. Uh, I, can't, I, can't obtain, I can't obtain a promise if I soak in the oil of myrrh too long. Which means that there, there, there is a time factor on it that God wants us to make our exit from bitter. Because there is a sweet that is on reserve and a sweet that has been set up for us to have. But if I hang around in myrrh too long, if I hang around in bitter and frustration and that's not fair too long, I will forfeit that second bath. I'll forfeit the second bathing. So forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. That's, a, that's simultaneous. That's the same thing. So every, so every day willing to let go. And every day being willing to reach for. Let go, reach for. Let go, reach for. And in the process of letting go and reaching for and letting go and reaching for, I will find that there's a progression that is happening in my life. There's a progression to where I am beginning to walk out what it means to be in fullness. Because, listen, fullness is not a destination. Fullness is a journey. Amen. Amen. It's, not, it's not you're going to get to a certain age and stage of life and all right, finally, whew, I'm at fullness. Man, that was rough, but I'm glad I finally got here. It's not that. Because every day there's a letting go. And every day 
there's a reaching for. Every day there's a letting go. Every day there's a reaching for. And as I let go and I reach for the residue of yesterday, that's the forgetting. When I forget, I'm reading myself of residue. I'm reading myself of the residue of where it is that I have been. Reading myself of the residue of my yesterday. That's how, that's how people can, they, they get started on, on a journey in the Lord, but then they, they can find themselves back in certain situations that they, that they certain situations, certain environments, uh, certain friends that are still attracted to them because of a residue that they still hold on themselves. So they might not even have necessarily a desire to even be around them people or do that thing anymore, but because of the residue that's still on them, that kind of person still attracted to them. Because of that residue. Exodus, uh, give me Exodus 14, sir. Exodus 14. Right quick. I'm getting, getting ready to wrap up here. This is, this is Israel walking through the, uh, the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of the Pharaoh that came into the sea after him, not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Walked through on dry land in the midst of the sea. That was supposed to be mud. That was the sea floor. That was not supposed to be dry land. That was supposed to be mud. But if it was mud, there would have been residue on them of where they had been. If it was mud, if it stayed mud, it would have been residue on their feet and on their, on their uh, legs as far as where God had brought them from. And if we remember in Exodus 14, Moses told them, look at your enemy because this is the last time that you are going to see them. In other words, I am about to put you in a place to where all sense of residue concerning an enemy, concerning bitter moments, concerning hardship, concerning frustration, I am about to put you in a place to where every sense of the residue is going to be wiped away from your life and what you see now you shall see no more so I'm going to let you walk through on dry land I'm going to let you walk through on dry land because I can't have you bringing any evidence I can't have you bringing any kind of residue with you and that's the purpose of the second bath of the sweet-smelling perfumes. The ladies were dipped in the bitter time. They were dipped in the hardship. They were dipped in the hard moments. But once those impurities arise, because that was the whole point of that, the whole point is to get you to address stuff in your heart that you won't deal with. That you won't deal with. I love you too much to let you sabotage fullness and sabotage where you're going because you didn't deal with what you needed to deal with in that time. So I'm going to sit you in myrrh. I'm going to sit you in this myrrh. And as I sit you in this myrrh, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel tight. It's going to feel rough. But there's something that's rising up that I'm going to move away off of your heart and off of your life. And then I'm going to dip you in sweet. I'm going to dip you in goodness. I'm going to dip you in my grace. I'm going to dip you in my fullness. And then when I bring you out and put you on display, you will not look like what you've gone through. You're not even going to look the same if any man be in Christ. Come on now. He is a new creation. Something that has never been on display and never been seen before. Completely new. Because of the bathing in the oils that he went through. The myrrh served a purpose. The murder didn't come to beat me up. The murder did not get the upper hand on me, Elder Sylvia. It didn't get the upper hand. It served a purpose. 
It's a part of the ingredients of the anointing oil. That which has destroyed the yokes and bondages off of my life. I needed those bitter moments. I needed the bitter times and bitter hardships because they made me into who I know myself to be now. And without that, there was a, there's a display and an aspect of God I would have never seen. I would have never known. Would have never known for him to be that faithful. For him to be that good. For him to provide to that degree. For him to care so much. I wouldn't have known that without the myrrh. But I wasn't built to live in myrrh. I wasn't built to live there. I'm built to be able to have that to instruct. Bring up impurities. And then there is a goodness that overshadows. That, that, put, that made those ladies be fit to now go into the king's presence. Now you're ready. But before you go, they did that for a year. Six months in each. For a year, they did that. In other words, this might take some time. You're not going to get all this done tomorrow. You're not going to get all this done Tuesday. Next week, you're not going to be finished. Next year, you're not going to be finished. This is a process and a journey that the Lord brings us on. So could it be you might not be as off as you think? You might not be as bad as you might feel. You might not be as off kilter as your emotions might lead you to believe. What if you're just in the oil? What if you're just in the bathing of myrrh? And there are things that are being highlighted and being brought up so that the Holy Spirit can deal with it. Getting you prepared for the fullness of prosperity. When you come into fullness, when you're full and prosperous and you done built those fine homes and you got multiplication on the left and the right and there's all kind of things that's happening, be careful. This is the be careful. This, this is, this is the, the carefulness of God speaking to us to care enough to prepare us before he ushers us into that greatness. To care for our soul enough to say, wait, let's address this. Let's, let's, let's look at that. That, we, that thing that happened last year that you just kind of blew over that argument that's never been addressed with your husband, with your wife that we just kind of moved on from yet there's still something in you we, we, we gotta we gotta deal with that we gotta deal with that because if I don't deal with that it's going to sabotage your fullness And as much as it might hurt, and as painful as it might be, it still must be addressed. I need you to soak right here for me. And allow that to arise and let me have it. So that it can be replaced with that sweetness. Because I'm bringing you into it. I want you to have it. But I need you to submit to my process. I got two kind of oils that I need you to be dipped in. And I choose the order of them. And the first one is the myrrh, is the bitter. But I'm not going to keep you there. There's a sweetness that's coming. There's a sweetness that is on the way. Can we put our hands together to celebrate the Lord? Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Oh, I ended pretty good there. Stand on your feet. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're born to walk in fullness, Lord. Designed for it. It's in our DNA. Designed to rule, subdue, and have dominion. That's why when things that have dominion over us that should not, we get agitated. As we should, because it's our divine DNA to rule and subdue in the earth. But throughout the process of life, Lord, they're bitter moments, hurtful and hard things that happen. But I thank you, Lord, that as we soak in your oil, those impurities arise to be removed and be replaced with something sweet, something good, something pleasant. It's been decreed all day that you cause the lines of our life to fall into pleasant places. And we believe you, Lord. And so we submit to this process so that we can know what it is to truly walk out fullness, forgetting that which is behind, reaching toward that which is ahead, submitting ourselves to this process so that every sense and every inch of residue is removed from our life to where we no longer look like what we've been through. We hold the testimony. We hold the testimony of your faithfulness. But we don't look like those days anymore. We don't look like that time anymore. We don't look like that time of unbelief. We don't look like that time of not believing your word. We don't look like that time of anger and bitter and frustration. Because the sweet has washed over our soul. Assuring us that what you have promised, you are faithful to keep and you are faithful to deliver. Lift your hands. Let me bless you. So, Lord, I bless your people. We thank you for this time in your presence. May you bless them, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them, establish them, give them peace, give them strength from this word. Strong weeks, strong work days. Strong relationships, strengthen to the relationships, strengthen to their families. And until we gather again, God, thank you for your protection and your safety. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. You are dismissed. We will see you next week. Love you. <laughs>